This is GU Listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Girl University Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4. Our topic today is becoming a boss, babe. This is so important. Listen, listen, listen. And today, my special guest is a very good friend of mine. She is becoming and well flourishing into a boss babe herself. And I can't imagine the things that she's going to do next. Melissa Nayarko, what's up? Hi. Hello, hello, hello. So happy to be here talking with you, Zia. Um, this is really, really special to me. Yes. So thanks for having me. Yes, it's definitely a long time coming. We go way back. And um, I think it's just showing how well we work together. Um, so if there's anyone that's out there that you can say there's someone that you understand so well that you're able to work together with them and notice exactly. your strengths and weaknesses versus theirs and you're able to blend that together, um, there could be disagreements, but literally in any situation, any predicament, like we always conquered, like no matter what. And, you know, like Melissa knows that I'm a crazy OCD freak, but that's fine whatever. Loved it. I, I loved it I, personally. I think it's one of your best qualities. <laughs> <laughs> and Melissa is like the hella grammar queen. Like, nah, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. Like, let's, she's a perfectionist when it comes to that. So it's just like, you know, in certain ways, we always balance each other. It's just always a perfect balance, always like a perfect synergy. Like, yeah. and then we highlight each other in our perfectionism and, you know, passions and yeah it's just always always great conversation great vibes we always come away from a conversation with inspiration and just like that real push to all right let's do it I got this whatever I was worried about before it's no longer a problem like did I forget who I was for a second (laughs) it's that beautiful reminder of who you are what you what you're here to do and it's like uh uh-uh sis let's adjust that crown and put it back in the center of that fro and let's keep it moving that's right and that's always what it is it's black women supporting each other um on that level at its finest and you don't have to always call each other you know check on each other if you're thinking about them all ego aside it's like literally genuine um no competition it's just helping each other build each other up that's how i see it exactly yeah so all right so we chatted a little bit Um, (laughs) so if you would like to tell everyone about yourself um you can start from young girl from the bronx or you can start from you know high school college whatever whatever um you see fit to just let everybody know how defined your story is because it is wow this is a beautiful question and i appreciate having the floor to answer this because i do want to kind of really take it to the beginning um because i find that a lot of who i am and how i am here definitely starts from my parents of course and in you know the way that they and the things that they instilled in me Hmm. so Yep, as you mentioned, girl from the Bronx, um, born and bred, and 
my parents, as I alluded to before, they're, you know, first generation. My mother's from Belize. My father's from Ghana. Um, and my mother came over here as a teen, a young teenager. Um, and my father came over later in his early 20s. But mm-hmm. their mutual experiences and their own work ethic, um, and stressing the importance in education um, and leadership and um, care about who you are, where you're from, like how you impact the world around you. That really started young. It started from the very beginning. I don't, you know, I can't really point to a specific moment when, you know, that community engagement switch turned on for me or that pride in who I was and being a black woman and, and wearing this melanin. I never struggled with that. I always had that instilled in me, you know, especially as a darker skinned um, woman, a chocolate woman, I, that never, I was never young and ashamed or young and, and insecure about it. I never noticed it as, you know, what some might, what some have tried to kind of turn it into as as an insecurity or a flaw almost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was instilled in me from younger. And it, was in, it wasn't until I really left um, the Bronx mm-hmm. and moved to, you know, a less diverse area where we ultimately met yep. um, that I really became aware of my Blackness. And um, I want to say in quotations, how Black I was, because that became um, something new to me as well that never was really displayed in the Bronx being, you know, so multicultural and being the cultural melting pot that it was. I lived across the street from the most amazing Hispanic family, always cooked for us, and they were very much like about community. I lived next to, you know, all different types of backgrounds um, and people and and had friends from all different types of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that cultural exposure and support was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until middle school, which is already, um, you know, a challenging time in a young person's life. Um, I moved in the middle of a school year and kind of just moved into this place of like almost isolation. But even within that isolated space, not really having um, people close by that I felt that I could relate to mm-hmm. um, because they were there. I mean, obviously you and I met very shortly after I moved right. um, to PA. Um, I also had very, very close friends in my immediate community as well. Yeah. I was friends with both of the girls that lived directly across the street from me and everybody pretty much in the, in that community was, um, you know, were fa- families that had moved from New Jersey or New York for the most part. So there was that connection there, um, but that real, you know, shared experience um, with other people, especially girls my age, uh-huh. um, at that time, it really wasn't there. I really couldn't speak to anyone who ha- was experiencing, like, moving in the middle of the school year and that challenge and, you know, dark skin and and kind of realizing that really even for the first time found that I I chose to reflect and I really went inward I found that I was a writer 
I found out, and that also was something that was, uh, as a storyteller, revealed to me um, early on. Like, my grandmother tells me stories of when I first learned to speak, I would tell her um, stories about the fish in the sea on our <laughs> on our rides to um, daycare and back and forth and things like that. So that, you know, I guess was innate in me as well. But during this time, um, I really began to hone that and really began to say like, oh, yes, I'm writing poetry and this is what I'm going to do. And uh, like consistently keeping a journal um, and finding refuge in writers like Maya Angelou um, and, and discovering like real beauty and blackness all over again, I think from like pinpointing it to specific people in my life, mm -hmm. that, you know, was a special time for me. Um, whereas even though, early, my God. I mean, yeah, but yeah. I, I kind of don't really feel like it's, it was so early, right? Because even growing up in a very like multicultural household, um, yeah. I didn't feel like I, I feel like we touched the culture, but you know, like, I, I kind of wish I was immersed in it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like, my father being from Ghana, you know, I am kind of ashamed to be Ghanaian and not be able to speak tree or not be able to cook certain foods. We were around it, but, like, my parents were busy. They, they worked. They, they're both in the medical field, so. That's what a lot of people have trouble with, um, especially our generation, and it's only going to get harder if, us as soon to be parents, if we want to be parents, do not instill in our kids early. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the things that you're talking about already that you learned already. You know, I personally sometimes had trouble with that um, because I went to a small Christian school in Long Island. You know what I mean? And the fact that um, yeah, there was different kids of different races and everything. But then when I went to Resica in Pennsylvania and I was in the fifth grade you know I was exposed to a different type of feel like I did dance all my young childhood life all I did was dance I competed I did everything on Good Morning America everything but then when I went to Pennsylvania I tried a dance school and I was the only black girl in the class and it was a Russian ballet dancer I've had Russian ballet dancers before but this one was different. The energy was different, everything. And she couldn't even take the time out. Mind you, Russian names are really hard to, to say, okay? But she didn't even take the time to say my name. She just said my last name. Uh, so it went down the list, first name, first name, first name. Uh, Logan? Logan? And I raised my hand. I did that dance class and I left. And it can be something as simple as that, that kind of... I want to speak on that specifically uh, real quick, if I can, because yeah. having a last name like Nyarko or, you know, more culturally pronounced Nyanko, I've experienced that exact same thing Melissa N. I turn into. Yeah. And for so long, I was okay with that. It's just automatically like, you're just like, okay, Melissa N. But no, put some respect on my name, right. very literally. Because she right. couldn't even say my first name. Like, not even try. That's why I commend teachers that always tried to say my name. Right. Because I'm like, okay, at least you took the respect to try. Because, yeah, I get it. There's typos where they put the first name, last name first. But you know, Diamante was my first name. That is not a last name. She just 
completely skipped over your name. Completely skipped over it and was like, Logan. And something that seemed so small, I was like, I will never come back to this dance school again, ever. And I never went back and that's why I went into cheerleading. But it's tough. It is so interesting because, you know, they definitely make sure that we learn all like the Russian author's name, like that man that wrote um, War and Peace, I believe. <laughs> What was the name of that? Don't go. Girl, what, that, it was some Russian man that we had to read right. in high school. But if we knew, you know we'd say it accurately, too. That's I almost want right. to look it up. <laughs> you know how many, do you know how many white names and white last names we had to study and make sure that it was correct on a test? You know I'm what I'm saying? What I'm talking about. So, you know, I just wanted to pinpoint on that, but please proceed. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, um, again, like I, I was saying that I didn't really think that it was so early because um, I kind of wish now that I would have been immersed um, just in like kind of recognizing specific like leaders with our you know complexion and like even now i i kind of struggle with having like one specific person that i can kind of look up to or like mirror a career after it's hard to you know it's hard to aspire to something when you don't see it you know like my mother and this is why i wanted to start with childhood because she created that hunger for knowledge and for learning mm -hmm. so when I found myself in an isolated space um, during that time at 13, 14, um, I, that's, that's immediately what I gravitated towards. So I did go into, you know, really expressing my feelings in poetry and sharing some of those pieces with my family. My mother, you know, again, like always the support, like she um, entered me in competitions and had me like continuously pushed me to publish she's like no this is amazing people need to read this and yeah. I would always be kind of apprehensive but she you know she was that one in that moment of reflection that who really brought to my attention like Zora Neale Hurston and Alice Walker and you know um, Toni Morrison like she gave the culture a face like faces for me yep. because prior when you're in it like even just as a new yorker like the new york culture how many times have you been to the empire state building statue of liberty yeah you know uh as a new yorker you, we just don't really go like we have them but i mean i know the first and only time i've been to the statue of liberty like uh, like actually there was when my grandfather from belize came to visit the states for the second time Aww. so we yeah no i always did a boat by it like right. when i went to lim and we had the boat party thing nope just right by it exactly you do that, that like you can see it on the ferry or you see yeah. it when you when you take the q train yeah. like that's it so it was kind of that same thing like you're immersed in the culture like your whole family like you you see and feel and touch and are loved and love black women and men in your family so and your friends your teachers like yeah. 
I had black teachers. I just really, I really, really did have a really fundamental and really great childhood. And that's, I think that's really what's feeding my passion for making sure that other young women, you know, and men, especially in our community, mm-hmm. are uplifted from the home, from, from that initial period, because it's just mm-hmm. so, so crucial to yeah. your overall growth and success. And I absolutely say that is the foundation of, you know, where I'm going now. That's right. That's right. And so tell us a little bit more about high school and then college. Like what, what was going through your head? You know, what was going on? What were you interested at the time? Yeah, so um, early love in everything fashion and style related. Mm-hmm. When I was a young girl, I used to call Tyra Banks um, my mother. <laughs> you remember this well. Manifestation, okay. Um, <laughs> honestly, right. with all the stuff that you do, what you're going to lead into, like you've probably seen her or seen people around her or whatever. Like, well, I, Remind me to touch on that. Right, <laughs> exactly. So. We had a class together called Fashion Construction, you and I. So, you know, really, that was like the really first time when I um, became like familiarized with like the construction side of fashion um, and like making clothes. So um, I was super, super interested in that. Um, I found out that my, at the time, I had found out that my grandmother was actually a master seamstress and she had studied under prominent um seamstresses across the world um so like we really connected over that so my dream at the time um I was sketching fashion designs for myself I had created a whole fashion line called Peaches also watching um America's Next Time Model Project Runway and all of the things and I I wasn't confident then in my ability to actually sew and construct and design because I was watching Project Runway and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't sketch like that. You know, I can never be a fashion designer. So I'll just have a fashion line where I'll have, you know, seamstresses, but I'll design (laughs) the stuff and I'll have seamstresses actually like make the stuff. And this is like, this was my career goal. Um, Mm -hmm. Like maybe like 11 to like 15. Okay. Um, at the same time, having, as I mentioned, two parents, immigrants, <laughs> first yeah. generation, I'm the oldest of four. I was expected to be a lawyer, a doctor. Um, they were really, really pushing me for the medical field because both of them are in the medical field. Wow. So they really, really wanted me to follow their footsteps there. I was very clear about my, my non-interest in that. You didn't want to do it. You didn't want to yeah, do it, and that's it. Bad for all of the people who are out there every single day especially now amidst you know quarantine and and the global health pandemic like it's extremely important but my passion just doesn't lie there to include the design and modeling aspect i did also recognize the editorial side i poured over this was also during that reflection moment where i remember asking for my 13th birthday all i wanted was a journal and um a subscription to Teen Vogue magazine <laughs> and my mother uh, the just my rock and my my full support she subscribed me to Teen Vogue Glamour and Elle instead of painting my room um as she painted my siblings room 
I had magazine pictures, just tear outs from, from magazine. My wall was essentially a mood board and a collage, like literally every wall yeah. from ceiling to, to almost like waist length yeah. was covered in, in pictures. And then I had my celebrity wall, which featured Tyra, Drake, mm-hmm. and Lil Wayne at the time. And you know what's so crazy? I don't want to sidetrack, but it's so crazy how, first of all, innocence as a young kid. I want to be a fashion designer. I want to be an editor-in-chief. I want to be this. And nobody can tell me no. Like, that's what I want to be. Like, yeah, that's my that, oyster. Those were my fashion career goals. <laughs> and then to, like, later on, to appease my parents, it was like, okay, I'll go to school for psychology. Mm. But the passion was in that. Right. Know. So it's, like, so important for, like, parents to listen to what your kids want at early, earlier earlier because it's raw it's it's what they want it's 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 who they are um and then the other thing that pointed out to me was you saying the whole collage all in your room and literally a celebrity wall again we're gonna get into that of what she's what she's doing now but it's like low-key manifestation on a very high key (laughs) like without even knowing So let's keep it going. So that's kind of where the framework was um, junior year of high school. The passions were, you know, very fat fashion pop culture. Being vice president of, of public relations, actually, in DECA, um, and not really having a full understanding at that time what I was really doing, um, calling around and, you know, establishing fundraisers for the organization. Um, and then also, like, leading along with you the mentorship classes and the the um marketing and business workshops that we led as part of the DECA organization you know establishing the the poetry slam and these creative things at the school um but really focused on going to school for psychology until our fashion marketing teacher who we were just so in love with and just always will hold a special place in. Shout out to Miss Maletta, Denise Maletta. Was extremely, again, just that rare support. So integral. We didn't even know that we needed it. We did not. We were not aware at the time of how impactful and special she really, you know, did and what an impact she has on our careers and our overall growth. And she, at the time, and this is why, again, we highlight the importance of those, you know, thought partners and, and real support systems early on in, in your life. Mm-hmm. Because junior year, she came at the right time for me because she in, really introduced us to this whole world mm-hmm. of opportunity at the business side of fashion. Right, and, and, let, us, and let us mention that um, you know, a lot of high schools do not, may not have the funding for um, a business department. Luckily, our high school at the time had funding for a, di- a business department. And Miss Maletto at the time, she saw an opportunity to have um, fashion business classes for students who are interested in the business of fashion. Um, there were people who did not believe in her. There were people who threw her under the bus um, 
and eventually she had to leave. Um, but not knowing that two stellar <laughs> people from the class of 2013 would become who they are because of her. Um, because of her. And I would even want to expand that too, because, you know, Malik, he flourishing on the marketing and business side. Jewel as well, you know, also flourishing on the business side. I don't know how direct Miss Leto's impact was on them specifically, Mm -hmm. but, you know, like having classes with her, like everyone, like you felt that. You felt that passion. You felt that energy. You felt that she was fighting for you to really understand and be knowledgeable about important things that you can actually use outside of high school and outside of fashion and outside of fashion most importantly and also she was um the head of and founder of the deca program in our high school that still lives on today still lives on today um and she brought it to the school and i was you know a product of, of her leadership and she just gave her all you know to all of us and it's extremely um instrumental you know bringing us on on a field trip which you remember very well to lim college that's my uh, alma mater (laughs) yes on that fateful day that she brought us there um our tour guide at the time was a student as well justin walkman Yep, Justin Walkman, thank you so much for all you showed on that day as well. Now he um, produces in LA and he's doing big things with E Entertainment, which is amazing, and I'm sure other clients as well. Love, absolutely love, love it. And, you know, thank, thankful to him as well for really helping us to visualize, to truly visualize what was possible on the business side of fashion. Yep. We attended this, this school, had a great tour. Um, and he gave us a an exclusive behind the scenes, um, real immersive experience of the launch of their um, annual capsule collection fashion show. Yep. Um, so that was amazing to me because, right? Who we, who I am at this point? I know I love fashion. I know I love design. I know I love um, creativity leading people. I love working with people and, and the energy it takes around that. Um, planning, I was already, you know, planning and establishing things in my most immediate community. But mm-hmm. again, for the first time on that day, I'm seeing that those qualities and innate things that I already had can all come together in a creative and lucrative career. Mm-hmm. That was when I discovered what public relations it was well first it started as event planning and I realized oh that's a whole job (laughs) people can do this I can I can plan fashion shows like oh that's how weddings are made that's how happens happen wait yes yes, the Balenciaga 2013 collection that I fell in love with you know Mm -hmm. I I saw it happen I watched the show I saw it you know, I would pour over Vogue.com every single day. But um, one would never think, how does it happen? What's the background? You can't, you can't aspire to be what you can't see. Right. So that day, junior year, was when it all became visible to me. I did spend a year at Rutgers University, and ultimately, 
discovered that while it was amazing for like the program was great I had already had such a strong idea of what I wanted to do at this point that I needed to get to it faster and the thing with the liberal arts large university like this like Rutgers and Syracuse are um is that usually your first year is prereqs so I, I took like some film classes, I took some community engagement, um, mm-hmm. CSR classes, and just like when that was like a new buzzword in the business field. So like I was taking classes with things I was interested in, but I my whole class that year was comms 101. Right. And that was the only thing that exactly what you was my major. Do. So you ha- like you have to get on that track now. Like exactly. I know what I want to do. Like when you go to those schools like LIM and FIT and stuff like that, like that's when you know what you want to do. Exactly. Yes. So I had already had it all clear and all mapped out mm-hmm. and it was shot down by my parents. But ultimately that became the path anyway, because um, I, after one year I withdrew from Rutgers and um, applied and got into FIT Mm-hmm. to start the following semester. So I withdrew at the end of my freshman year of Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the fall semester off because by the time I was able to get my transcripts and everything, yep. you know, yeah. that whole deal. Um, so I took the fall, that following fall semester off and um, attended FIT um, in January of the next year. And I do specifically want to call on you for, um, and really just highlight the fact that you were really pivotal in like my decision to go. Um, And at the time I was already like feeling like, I was already feeling like I was slowing, like it was, I was kind of slowing down. Mm -hmm. By the end of that year, I was just like, all right, like this is cool. Like the campus, everything was great. But, like, I was still very connected to you. We were on Instagram. Like, we would hit each other up, you know. And I would see, like, I think it was when you got your internship at Gucci. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not the place I need to be. (laughs) This is like, nah, 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 nah. New York City. And I would always, and I was just like, again, we would always share messages, like, of uplift and support for each other, checking in on each other, and, like, everything that you were doing was, like, so on track, like, so immediately, and I was, you know, at a four-year university with the plan to, like, commute into the city and do my internships, but it was just, like, what am I even doing here when I know exactly I need to go. I just need to go. I mean, from there, gra- graduate of F- FIT, I mean, yeah. that in itself is just such a strong statement. Um, and even though it did take me like a little bit of a roundabout way, like mm-hmm. I ultimately got there and day one, I'm taking classes in fashion business, marketing um, principles, um, principles of public relations, journalism. It was just super focused. Of course, we had our requirements, science and math and everything like that. But then even the math, you can take like economics, which I did. Right. You're you're getting a business degree. You know, whether you went to LIM or FIT, exactly your major if you were majoring in business, you were getting a business degree. Bachelor's of science. Right. And and that's absolutely what it is. Right. And so 
would you, because you went to Rutgers and then you went to FIT, would you have changed anything during your college experience? Like, would you have changed being a transfer student? Would you take that back? Or? The only reason I truly would take it back is because of the loan situation. (laughs) I did recently pay off my student loans for FIT, but I still owe Rutgers some money since I didn't finish. I mean, you still paid off all your loans from FIT. Yes, this week. I actually did it this week. Oh my gosh. I need to put a hand clap in this. (laughs) That's my accomplishment, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So um, I would change that just because I had to pay for both schools. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But But at the same time, you wouldn't have maybe met that person that day. Exactly. Like, just the way everything happened, I do feel like, even though I transferred from Rutgers, like, I do feel like my time there was valuable. Um, I didn't have any light semesters, like, yeah, you were semesters when I took max credits, along with also um, working internships, working on um, part time and on weekends and during the evening, and at the same time interning. And since the internships weren't paying, mm-hmm. I, I did have to keep that job and balance that with school. But yeah. most important was getting that um, hands-on experience. And I and I can speak, and we can speak for like. Um, again people of color are black girls like it it's never too soon and guess what internships are so important like if, especially in the fashion media industry in the business industry I can't speak for anybody else but especially the fashion and media industry you gotta get started so crucial from the fact that early. I got were just early signs that, yep. you know, that that school, while it was a great, you know, establishment, mm-hmm. it just wasn't for me. And what I, I just already had too clear of an idea of what I needed, to, what I wanted to do. All I needed was to hone it and, and be set on a direction. That leap. Education mm-hmm. to support it. Yep. So, so, right. And that's, and that's dedication. So, like, and I want, like, the listeners to hear that, too. Like, you're hearing from so many different women and girls who are dedicated. I'm not saying break your back, break your arm, whatever, whatever. But if that's, that's who you're competing against, girls like these. If you've never seen them, it's girls that like these who are willing to commute from the Poconos, which is not easy. It, it's really not. Sometimes it could take you two and a half hours to get home on a good day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there's traffic, all of that. So she's willing to go through all of that to get what she wants, you know? Sorry, I just wanted to say that because some girls don't see that, especially girls who go from universities and expect an internship either right after their junior year or right after college, because guess what? You're you're sitting here getting your first internship when we already had three. Yeah, I, I was I was a freshman at my first internship, definitely 18 years old, mm-hmm. um, and then that just that snowballed from there. And thank you so much for saying that too, because I just was hungry. I I wanted to do, I wanted to do this. No one really had a blueprint for me. Yeah. Um, and so I had to just figure it out on my own. Yeah. Um, and of course, again, with, with, those, with those voices of support, but just as far as like, actually executing and, and doing the things to get into the door, I had to figure my own ways in. And I think what's so amazing was that 
you were able to take what you learned from a fashion perspective, you were still willing to see that side that you were interested in when you were a little girl and you started to see everything get put together. But at the same time, you were merging that into your future career. So with that said, like, I want now, like, thank you for all of that, because I think there it's so important how your dedication, like when you, you literally, yes, you had your freshman year, but when you transferred, like it was go time, like, like it was go time. Right. After Rachel Antonoff, I interned at another PR, at a PR agency, first ever, um, LaForce, um, and Stevens, that was my first ever PR agency, Mm -hmm. um, experience. And then, you know, just building from there, I'll, um lead into the other things the more recent work but yeah definitely definitely let us know like what you know like right after college like what you went into and I and I know what it is but what what led into that role and then what what you're doing now because then I have questions that lead after that can you talk into that a little bit yeah for sure so um yeah after it was after the force. Mm-hmm. Um, I interned at Viacom. Mm-hmm. Um, we would be networks. So mm-hmm. the way that came about was again like loving PR. I think at this this was the turning point where I kind of got fatigued with fashion PR. In all honesty, um, I feel like it's a very you know for my fashion my young fashion girls it is extremely tough as an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you have to have that clear vision and passion for what you want to do. Collections and, and shipping samples and things like that. That's mm-hmm. your early taste of, of fashion PR. And that just personally wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I have always been like a very big picture type of person. And honestly, I wanted to be more involved in, in the planning and the strategy when it came to the fashion industry. So my time with Rachel Antonoff, when I was able to not only help her with her lookbook fashion show, or lookbook uh, photo shoot, but also her fashion show um, and some events following that during the season, that's where that energy came from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, went ahead and, and just really applied to Viacom. I didn't have any connections there. I didn't call up any favors, new to the entertainment and fashion industry, so no family ties or strings pulled on my behalf. And I didn't hear back the first time I applied. Mm -hmm. So um, that was the summer of my my third year at FIT, or second year at FIT. Um, Like what would have been my junior year of college. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, I was like, okay, fall, my fall of senior year, my goal is to have a job secured by the time I graduate college. So, um, yeah, I, I applied to, to Viacom again the mm-hmm. second time after my time with LaForce. That was now on my resume at this point, as, along with a couple of other um, community engagement projects I had done that finally got me the call back. And I interviewed with Viacom ultimately um, was selected by BT, and I that was my first choice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my phone interview lasted a total of four minutes, and I was sure, like, I was so confused. I was like, I know I got this. Why don't they want to talk to me more? Why? <laughs> four minutes. 
um, where they specifically asked me about my transition from the fashion to the entertainment industry, um, as more specifically television. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, ultimately got that. I stayed with BET for three years. Um, started as an intern, was ultimately hired as a coordinator, and then junior publicist. Um, and yeah, now, um, latest transition has been to, um, Sunshine Sacks, which is a, um, premier communications, talent, and public relations agency. And I'm an account executive with the company there. So, so I get into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let me ask you. So since you talked about like being at BET and, you know, through conversations, we spoke about how it's, it's, it's actually just diverse, period. It's not all Black people. Um, what, like, how does it feel to go from a very cultural company to, I, I would say, more of a corporate regular setting meaning less people of color like how how was that for you yeah going from um from BT well like I just want to say about my time at BT so 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 special just that support is just unmatched anywhere else like re- working with a real real family unit and that's how we operated and it was beautiful. The team that Tracy McGraw um, built, mm-hmm. still every single person, Latoya Glenn Bacon, Jamie Owens, Robert Avery, Danielle Davis, <laughs> every single one of you, um, Louis DeFrank, um, are just so instrumental to, to me and still to this day mentors. Um, so, and I mean, being able to be heard, which is one thing I would definitely say, even as an intern, right. one thing that I know I did on my part was set very, very clear goals and, um, and aspirations to myself. And I communicated that to my team. So, you know, Therese Walker, who is probably like queen PR, <laughs> you know, the real time that I was able to put a face to the boss that I saw in my head, mm-hmm. you know, of, of just the energy of um, what she was doing and what she was about, the way that she is just like super put together and tight and um, organized, like everything about the way that she ran, um, you know, her, um, her projects. Mm-hmm just really really inspired me so I was able to like now see okay yes black women in PR this is what it looks like Mm -hmm. this is the pinnacle this it this this is you know who I need to formulate formulate myself after as a communication professional these were the women that I was able to go to work and see every single day Janine at the time she was um EVP of comms she is now CMO Mm-hmm. Um, and head of communications for BET Networks. Mm-hmm. I got to be in the room and see how she runs her meetings. Mm-hmm. I supported her as her um, EA for from time to time, and you know the introductions there were just phenomenal. So, yeah, just having just having that constant support, and again being able to visualize the the goal. Mm-hmm. It, it's 
drove me every single day. Now transitioning from, you know, that cultural support to, you know, my company now, mm-hmm. um, what I will say about the Sunshine um, team is that it really, really is, again, a family as well. Super, super supportive and cooperative. So that has been kind of like the saving grace to it. It's like, I haven't really felt like there's never a moment that I felt unheard or, you know, not supported. Even going in day one, where I am expressing, you know, again, clear goals, <laughs> always coming in with a clear idea of who you are, and my passion for music and entertainment um, and interest in fashion, event planning, that was very much heard at Sunshine, and um, I'm about to come up on a year now. Um, and I'm going by so fast. I remember when you came, when we were roomies, you came and he was like, I got it! Girl, like, vividly, I cannot believe, but even in that time, I've been able to work on um, the NAACP Image Awards. Yeah, I was about to ask you, what, what, cl- what clients have you been working with? Yeah, so currently, um, I am working with Solange. Yep. Love mm-hmm. it. Absolutely love her. Um, Solange, I have um, R&B singer Cam. The weather. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. If you get tickets for Kemp, I already saw him perform at Barclay Center. I'm going to need you to, you already know. You already know. Friend, friend. I'm that friend. Friend, and I'm not ashamed. Listen. You already know. You already know. <laughs> friend, friend. Listen, I love me some Kemp. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so I just recently started. Um, That's amazing. With another PR goddess, uh, Paula Witt. So oh absolutely, completely oh. um, excited to work with her. Um, and then also working on the Weather Channel um, and oh. Roku right now. Wow. So, yeah, right oh, now it's first portfolio. Like, and didn't you say you did um, an interior design company too? And yeah, so there. Um, I'm not currently working on that. Um, account, but Havenly Interior Design I've also worked with. Um, I helped manage talent at the Inbounds Media Conference um, in Boston. Amazing. And, um, again, Image Awards. Um, recently, Tribeca Film Festival. Um, I was slated to work on that account, but um, of course, with everything going on, we're um, transitioning onto like a digital um, effort there so yeah Uh, yeah. that's that's an amazing portfolio and the fact that you're able to blossom so much and do all of these things I know sometimes like just living in it it's like yeah I just have all these accounts but I I'm sure like you know you get reminded every day and I always remind you like at the age that we're at and and you know no one needs to know our age, but we're young. We didn't hit 30. How about that? The fact that we're doing all these things, um, it, it, it's, it's amazing that you're at that point already. And um, you're going to be a VP before you're 30. So we already know that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, just, I just want you to, like, if, if, if there were three tips, you know, that you would give to your younger self, what would they be? Oh, this one is hard. I, 
Let's see. How about, um, how about this? How about this? If there were three things you'd give to your younger self, one to your elementary self, one to your middle school, high school phase, and then one to your collegiate phase, what would they be? I like that. I like that, I like that a lot. Um, okay, so pieces of advice. Let's start with college. Okay. Um, Backwards. Like that. Yeah. I love it. I like that. <laughs> If I could speak to myself in 2013 before I went to school, girl, <laughs> I would tell her so many things. Um, number one, probably don't change your hair as much, girl. Relax. <laughs> That's number one. Um, oh my gosh. I would tell her to keep doing what she is doing. I, I just would give her an additional vote of confidence, especially um, mm. during that, being that I transitioned. Um, yeah. That was challenging, but again, like I kind of took that into my own hands and planned out my, um, my path after like what that would look like if I really made this move so um I probably would have I definitely would have skipped the months of you know hesitation and just believed in myself and you know even further and and sooner <laughs> for my high school self mm -hmm. I like high school, middle school. Yeah, I would probably say to do more research. I think one thing that I wish that I had at that time was um, like that person to look up to and a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, like it was good to have Miss Maletto for sure. Absolutely. Like, love it. She was amazing. Miss Maletto was so formative in that. Yeah. But after she left, it would have been like, we probably just needed her. We just needed her to stay. Or at least, like, we could see, like, that woman of color. Like, the women that you see now that are in front of your face, and same for me. Like, the woman that, like, my mentor, and then the women that I see on LinkedIn who are, like, directors and buying and the fashion industry and merchandising and stuff like that. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, if you would have saw those women earlier, like, you would have been like, oh, for sure. I would have been like, okay, I would have just grasped everything that I learned during my internship right well not everything but I could have at least you know gotten more of an overview because the internship experience was very much for me like mm -hmm. what I like and don't like but also like what this even is <laughs> what even is PR like that that's what I had to answer for myself so having someone before that would have been helpful in just like helping me iron out certain things. And then elementary school self. Little Melissa, little free Melissa that was like, I'm going to take over the whole fashion industry. I'm going to be everything. Uh, she lived her life. I don't think she would have taken any <laughs> advice I would have given her. She was like, like, okay, so I'm still doing what I said I was going to do. Yes. Um, and like, luckily, again, like I just, my mom was just, even though I, don't ha I didn't have a big sister, like my mom was very much that like, not big sister, because it definitely was <laughs> a, a tight shit. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. 
at the same time, like that care and like support and like that feeling that you can like really come talk to her or like come up with ideas, like just come up with ideas and, and she just supported our creativity um, and our individuality. Um, yeah, she was very much that, that person. But as far as advice, like what would... I mean, I think that's a great answer. And I think that's so powerful that like you said like I don't think I would tell her anything or would my younger self even listen but it's the importance of innocence the importance of innocence and the fact that as a kid you know me and me and Tev literally just talked about this as a kid it's like you don't care like you don't worry your insecurities don't kick in like as long as you're good with it it, it's like the best thing ever and like very much that kid like I was super sure about like what I, I think that was even to this day I think I had more clarity about myself like as a person mm-hmm. when I was like 10 than I do even now like yeah. because I just didn't allow anything or anyone else's thoughts to inform anything about myself I think you're so right when it comes to you saying to your younger self, like, no, I don't think I would even listen if my older self was telling me things to do, you know, because of the innocent side of you. I think that's such a strong answer. Um, but so, you know, we've, we've talked about your journey. We've talked about, you know, your wonderful flourished moments um, in terms of realizing who you are. And it's not even about realizing who you are. You always know, knew who you were but even who you're destined to be. Oh, Melissa, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I feel like you gave so many jewels. And just to, you know, wrap it up, I want you to just tell everyone what's next for Melissa. I know this, I asked this question before and we <laughs> went left again and just talked about other <laughs> things, but what, and that's okay, because it's natural, but what's next for Melissa within like the next three to five years? Like what is she, what is homegirl doing? What's what's going on? Three to five years, she is still sketching out the plan. Um, okay. I definitely, um, as far as career-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, really executive level. That's going to be happening. So what else? We already know that. <laughs> no, we already, we're already seeing, you know, VP of communications PR by 30. So I have just a few more years to go on that one. We're going to make that happen. Um, However, like most immediately and still very much like a lifelong student of, of, you know, my industry, I um, am learning to hone my publicity skill. And I um, know that my current position is doing this for me. Um, not only being a more well-rounded publicist, but also increasing my focus in the entertainment field, especially music, um, specifically. So through my, um, experiences, I found that, like, music, entertainment, um, that's the passion as far as publicity. Mm -hmm. So along with that, um, I am going to be starting a, um, music business program at NYU um, next month. So I start a virtual program doing that. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So um, because ultimately my, my, 
larger career goal does not stop at publicity. Um, I really want to um, overall be an image curator in the entertainment field. Um, Not only as far as promotion and publicity, Mm-hmm. But um, on a more corporate and brand level, creating events um, and experiences. So that's what my passion is all tied up in. And, um, you know, being a publicist at such a highly regarded firm, you know, mm-hmm. and then going into this music business program, that's, you know, my efforts of learning. And, you know, that's going to continue lifelong. Um, And then on the building side, through that, what I intend to do is create an agency, an entertainment um, agency. I won't go too deep into what that will look like as I'm still meeting with some potential partners and fleshing out this idea um, and establishing the profitability. But essentially where I want to come in is as the um, business advisor for artists between the inception of their talent and Mm -hmm. the label process okay so it's amazing I feel like that's um underserved or it's very blurred very blurred exactly exactly so um just you know a love with uplifting and working with artists um and entertainers models designers creatives um, I just really am working on something special um, with with building that out and really um, cultivating that important business knowledge and confidence mm-hmm. uh, in the entertainment field for entertainers, especially entertainers of color who are more often than not tricked or, or contracted out of their money and their work and their art. So, um, give them the knowledge they need before they exactly, exactly. So, just very vaguely, as far as um, what's upcoming um, on my personal business initiative side, Mm -hmm. um, just working on something in that vein, but very much so uh, on the fast track to you know growth and an executive position Mm -hmm. in publicity. I'm thinking I definitely would love experience at a music label um, just to, again, hone those project manager skills mm-hmm. that I find so important in the, in the music industry. Um, and then, again, looking at things big picture. So that's just uh, the career side. That's a, new, I, that's, a, that's a new one about being at a record label. Um, yeah, I just, I... Um, Again, like with with being in the Ween Academy and having um, being a, having those experiences and being able to to meet and be mentored by um, industry greats from places like Atlantic, Essence Magazine, um, and so forth. I really discovered new things about the industry. Again, like lifelong learning, like you never stop learning. I literally did not know that project management was a whole field. And that the what again, it's these behind the scenes careers and roles that are so pivotal in the creative world. So I like my goal for the next two, three years is um, 
as I grow career-wise, mm-hmm. also to arm myself with as much knowledge Constantly about this industry as possible. Constantly being a student of the game. Exactly. And you know very well that I my passions lie all over the place. I have multiple, multiple things that I love. and um, But overall, it's building business. It's being, making money, being profitable, and managing that, you know, expertly, while also teaching those behind you who don't yet have this knowledge. I want to get it to us earlier and earlier and earlier. Actually, one you of know? the principles of life, like, once you've mastered everything you've learned in life, you're supposed you to pass it on. You pass it on and you connect. And that's, th- those are, those are like, I, I, I think if I were to say three things, um, that, that's would be what, that would be, you know, where I'm at to continue to grow as, um, and as a flourishing publicist, mm-hmm. um, developing my music business initiatives. Mm-hmm. And then, um, also just, you know, yeah, just continuing to learn and, and to grow. I think that's, that's important while also getting, helping out my fellow Queens, um, and bringing some more of us up to this table with seats, meals, <laughs> and all be at the same all table the together. We can all be there. It's not a competition. There are enough seats. If you can't pull up a chair, we got the couch on the back. We got the futon over there. Like, we we are all here. Bring yourself up into this room if you want it bad enough. And, you know, being a a judge of the Ween Auditions this year and an advisor, like, that's where the passion comes from. That's where the passion working with you for Girls University, that's where, you know, I'm able to continuously feed that. So it's less of a what's next and, like, what's happening now um, for me. I feel like everything that probably, if you asked me six Mm -hmm. months ago, Mm -hmm. these are the things that would have been next, and they're happening now. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. Like, uh, every time is like getting fed by you. I feel like we feed each other, and those are the oh, types. Absolutely, we feed each other. Yeah, absolutely. Women like. that you need in your life. Um, so I, I just love it every time we talk, and just thank you for taking the time out because I know you're so busy for doing this podcast. Um, I mean, we're going to talk after I stop hitting the record button. (laughs) Never too busy for you, sis. Absolutely never too busy for you. You know, I'm always here for you. And I just really, really want to, first off, thank you for having me on um, and helping me to reflect in this time. This was even so helpful just to go through what you're asking me. And also for what you're doing, like your, your nonprofit, your organization, and again like drawing on that passion to help young girls um especially young women of color mm-hmm. to to see themselves you know wherever it is that they imagine or they aspire to but to actually not only to be in love with the idea but be in love with you in that seat you at the head of that table you you know behind that camera yeah. you yeah. on the screen yeah. like yeah in the writer's room, whatever the case may be, you know, in the, in the lab coat, (laughs) if you want it to be, but like, 
being that voice and and a real force in bringing um this this knowledge and and these you know really important visions of success to these young girls it's it's just so so paramount paramount and um I'm just really proud of you and just really grateful to be a part of the movement and to help you push this forward. Thanks, Boo. And I'm so proud of you too. And and you are literally the definition of a boss babe and you're not even at your peak yet. And I know that because I know you. So that's why I'm able to say that. Um, <laughs> and we're, you're, you're, you're getting there and quickly. So don't feel like you're going too slow ever because you're, doing it and you're doing it big miss account exec so thank you so much for joining us today guys Nyarko, please contact us um on our website if you have any other questions um if you want um to contact melissa please let me know so then i can forward it to her um melissa if you want to give um any contact information in terms of your instagram and things like that please feel free to yes absolutely and i would be more than happy to answer any questions that i can get to for sure on instagram um you can follow me at lissa l-i-s-s-a-j-a-e dot x-o so it's lissa j dot x-o yeah um and feel free to drop me a DM there. Um, I would love to talk more with you, um, Zia, perhaps another time on just like the ins and outs of the career side, because I know a lot of questions will be coming out from, you know, what goes beyond, what goes behind the actual, um, actual work. So I'd be, you know, more than happy to share some information behind that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, this is Girl University, episode boss, babe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you. This is GU Listen.